What's poppin', y'all? It's me, Mike, and I'm here with my guy. Eddie P, left hand up. Let's ride. And this is a first for us. We are both in the same location for the first time ever in the history of this show. And we're coming live, like immediately following the commander's impressive comeback victory over the Broncos and Eddie, like, snap reaction to that game. Like, even the ending was crazy. Uh, just just a, a, a real awesome level of perseverance and intensity and, and, you know, not giving up. This is this is where we would have seen uh, most of our teams in the past decade get blown out just based on the way the first quarter and the first couple of offensive series for the Broncos went, for that matter. Yeah, like it, it started off crazy, y'all. So you saw the game. You saw the Broncos get up 21-3 on the Commanders, and all hope felt like it was lost. But then all of a sudden, the defense kind of woke up, and it started with the forced fumble on Russ Wilson from Jamin Davis, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, the, the, the opening drive drives – for the Broncos was like the equivalent to the cartoons where you uh, it's really, really snowy out and you open the door and then you get like an avalanche of snow come through your front door. That's essentially what happened. I mean, they were gashing us, running, passing. Russell Wilson was, was dipping around and prancing around. They were uh, kind of actually, I think, what was it the second series where mm-hmm. they had a couple of really interesting formations and kind of um, moving parts that resulted in some uh, some first downs, and then all of a sudden we just kind of like it was like we woke up. I don't know how else to put it. Like I'm I'm still sitting here like shocked at what just happened because we okay. Let's go through the game for a second. Let's kind of take a step back and go through the game. Let's so from the beginning, um, and gets the ball. They don't do nothing with it. Broncos get the ball. I don't think they do anything with it. Washington gets the ball. No, I'm sorry. The Broncos did score on their first drive. They scored a touchdown on their first drive. Washington gets the ball. I think they turn it over. Broncos get the ball. They score again. So it's 14 nothing. Um, no, I'm sorry. The Washington did kick a field goal on their third drive, and then the Broncos scored after a third down play where they got a rough in the passer penalty, and they scored on the next play. 68-yard touchdown to Mounds, make it 14-3. Washington goes three and out again. Broncos score again to make it 21-3. And Washington gets the ball back, and they fail to score. But then that's when things change. In the next possession, Jamin Davis forces the fumble. Washington scores a touchdown. It's 21-10. Washington down 11. The very next drive, I believe Russell Wilson throws an interception to Forbes. Washington scores again. So it's what? No, I'm sorry. I skipped the I skipped the drive. Washington didn't score. They kicked the field goal to um in the head. What did it ever get the 14-21? Yeah, that field goal. So what happened is they were up on us 21-3, and they were just it was some really quick bang bang drives that did have some penalties on us here and there that not that the penalties didn't happen, but they were just it was bad timing and 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 our guys should take as much blame, but you guys know how we get treated by the refs as well as the rest of the league. Moving forward, not playing a victim here because that's not what we do. So 
is 21-3. We then drive down. We get it to uh, – we, we get the score and the two-point conversion, and then I think just before halftime or just at halftime, we get the field goal to make it 21-14. So really, if you think about it, we played like dog water, if you ask me for the most part, and we're only down a score? And, I mean, I, I, I imagine that's the conversation that Rivera and Del Rio and Bienemy were having uh, with the players. And not to mention there was – some refreshing things going on, at least from my perspective. Uh, now, those of you who watch the whole game, you understand that you take this with a grain of salt, but adjustments were made. We, we started making plays and started, you know, doing things that worked for us. We started getting Terry the ball. We started doing a little more play action. We were able to get runs, bounces outside. I, I don't know if the enemy just told him that, but uh, actually Mike and I were talking and – I was complaining that why did we get the enemy if we're just going to run right into the line again? And to Mike's point, which is pretty valid, you know, the enemy might be calling the play, but giving them the freedom. And if they're not choosing to go to the outside, yeah, then that's on them just as much. But either way, I mean, you guys saw what I saw. Those of you who watched the game, adjustments were made by both staff and players. And I mean, it's just kind of, cool to see like this was an exciting game it was a great comeback we were on the road we were against the ropes we've got a young quarterback who definitely showed some areas he needs to improve on but showed a lot of promise and potential that is something to get excited about yeah and i want to get to the end of the game absolutely <laughs> what, this... I mean, what an ending so washington is up eight with three seconds left yeah. And Please. believe it or not, Russell Wilson throws the ball. It does not make the end zone. Yeah, somehow the Broncos catches it and scores a touchdown. So the two-point conversion happens, and I lie to you not. Benjamin St. Juice kind of got to the defender earlier on the play, and the refs did not throw a flag. And that's how the game ends. Washington, by the skin of their teeth, escapes Denver with a 32-30 touchdown. I mean, 32-30 close win. And now we're ready to host Buffalo Sunday at FedEx. And I, just, I still can't believe what happened. Like, I, I'm sitting here like, did, did I see what I just see? What what John Stark say? That, did, um, did this dude just did this or something like did that? Did he just do that? Like, that's how I feel right now. So um, just to give a little more context, because maybe some of you haven't seen the game. You had to work or you got kids or you got a little of both or you know, whatever the case may be. So I, I want to say it was about, what was it, 2017? Think back to uh, Bengals versus Ravens. Uh, there was a Hail Mary. The ball kind of got batted around. A.J. Green comes down with it. That's essentially what happened in this this game here. And um, – I believe there's another uh, example of that where the Texans and the Jaguars were playing. David Garrard is the quarterback at the time, and Mike Thomas was the beneficiary. They actually hit the ball down, but they didn't hit it down straight enough, if you will, like towards their feet. They hit it further out in front of them. Mike Thomas caught it, ran like four, maybe less than that yards in for a score. And so it was really scary and troubling to see that happen to us where we kind of were – maybe trying to get an interception. Uh, I, I don't know. 
Uh, obviously, some of these things are in these guys' contracts, so I can understand it to a degree, but just smack them down because you saw what happened. They get the score, and what's anybody my age, Mike's age, and anywhere between to think, like, here we go again. You know, we, we, we came back, we showed all this perseverance, and, and then we let this freaking bozo clown show type of crap happen. Uh, it's definitely troubling, but, you know, I saw a lot on the defensive side, too. Uh, you know, I started to see Chase coming around. Deron Payne, my Lord, what a dog. Yeah. What a dog. It was one drive. I think it was maybe the second drive after the halftime where he, like, took over. He got a sack. He got a sack and two tackle for losses on one drive, which means three and out. And, like, I was talking to um, Eddie and uh, Nick, his brother, and I was like, when he got signed, a lot of people were saying that he would um, not perform as well because he got paid. But I just don't see that happening more and anymore, especially in football. Maybe in basketball it may happen, but in football, I just feel like the players are so prideful and they love the game so much that they they just can't put that out there that they got the money and got fat and pulled a Hainsworth. I I, I just don't think we would see that as much anymore. Yeah, so absolutely refreshing to see that as well not just in Washington, but in sports in general. You know, you mentioned the the era of social media where the uh, the trolling, the hassling, uh, let alone just the, the overall criticism from fans and media would certainly be there, and maybe that also had an effect. Uh, whether it does or not, the point is Deron Payne is an absolute dog and was wreaking havoc. Uh, also, shout-out to my little brother, Nick Pick, a.k.a. the Nictionary, a.k.a. Binoculars. Uh, men of many trades, shout-out. Potentially one of these days we will be so lucky as to have him on the show. Uh, Till then, you guys will have to sit on the pins and needles. Uh, back to the game. You know, we didn't really hear or see a lot out of John Allen. I think going to have to be one of those, uh, what's that, the All-22 mm-hmm. where you can watch everything. I think you have to go back and look because there's another dog right there. Both those Alabama boys are just I, – I hope we can keep them for a long time. Uh, Allen, as far as I can – I mean, everybody else was eating, I would assume, because he was, you know, taking care of the garbage, if you will. He, he, got, he got his hands dirty so they could keep theirs clean, right? He walked so they could run. Whatever you want to say – that's what I'm going to say for now until I go back and kind of like check, see what was what. But definitely a lot to be positive about, a lot to build on. And, uh, you know, you saw, granted, they they lost, but the Jets made some plays against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something to be hopeful about. You know, the, the Eagles at times um, on, uh, what was that, Thursday, they, they looked a little bit susceptible, um, you know, at least on defense. Offense, uh, they impose their will. So I, I really hope Washington um, can start to fix these problems we had this week. I mean, because we, we opened a lot the front of problems. Door. Yeah, <laughs> we we we. I mean, we not only opened the front door. Like I said, it, the, the avalanche came in, and then you know, imagine if like a bulldozer came behind that, and, and that was only for a few drives. But it it seemed like so much more because it happened so quickly. And then, like I said, here we go again. You know. I know Eddie been talking a lot, and yeah, I've been I chilling, but I got to understand. 
I'm I'm still shocked. I'm still like really shocked. And I'm on like other shows and stuff too. So like I gotta give my man some shine. Like y'all heard me. Y'all have heard me a lot this week. I'm gonna let my man cook, but just know like I'm excited. Like I'm not trying not to talk, but I gotta let my man cook. Yeah, definitely a lot to be excited about. Um, those who don't know, you know, Mike and I met through some other sports groups. Uh, that was the Addicts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shout out to the Addicts. That's why shout I always out. shout out the Addicts so much, because without them, it really wouldn't be any idea Mike for real. And so we linked up, and it's it, the rest is uh, history, as they say. You know, we've been just cranking out these podcasts, you know, talking on the show, outside of the show, sports things of that nature and uh i'm blessed enough to have this little spot with all my posters and bobbleheads my marvel stuff etc uh so yeah it, it's really cool i'm a little excited uh had a few daddy sodas so <laughs> you know the, the the juices are flowing uh it's like a merry-go-round it goes up and down and round and round nah and like <laughs> this is the first time washington was two and no since 2011 and I don't know if y'all remember that season, but that was the year that um, we had Rex Grossman, at quarterback. I'm trying to remember if I could remember the first two games, but I can't. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I would have to look it up. I want to say Arizona was the second game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it was Arizona because I remember we kind of, like, came back late. Santana Moss had a touchdown in the corner. I remember that, and it was against Arizona. Now – I think we ended up being two and one, and then we, we were kind of back and forth um, those first three games and then going forward after. Okay. I remember. I looked up the schedule. I remember now. All I had to remember was that, that it was Kerrigan's first season because he got that pick touchdown at Eli in his first yeah. game. We won that game, and you nailed the second game. We um, beat the Cardinals late, like you said. Like, that's what our record was that season. <laughs> were we, like, six and something? Yeah, it was five and 11, man. Oh, we were some straight trash. So we we, we started 2-0 and oh and went 3-14 and um, what 14 or 3-11, and 11, I'm sorry. Can you imagine if we had, you know, if, if Snyder wasn't ruining things, you know, whether we went with Marty or whether we, you know, did the, the shot. I mean, uh, Shanahan, I was going to say Schottenheimer because that was Marty. Like it's two people, shame. Uh, but if we went with the Shanahan's too, but this whole thing, like, think of the talent we had for that season, and then a few seasons going forward, where, where Fred Davis, Santana, um, I believe uh, Jabbar Gaffney might have been on the team at some point there. I mean, we had some really good players, and you know, you throw in Jordan Reed. I, I think I might have said him already. If, if I did, I apologize, but. That's some really good players to work with just in terms of your receiving core. You know, I mean, it it just boggles my mind for how long, whether it was Grossman or Beck, uh, you know, and just so many other quarterbacks we went through. And now, hopefully, you look at Sam Howell, you look at the poise, you look at that sort of positive amnesia, if you will, where he's willing to forget the bad plays mm-hmm. and have that confidence to keep getting after it. Good pocket movement. Obviously, the scrambling helps. I mean, there's a lot to really get excited about. 
we just got to get this man to get rid of the ball when he needs to, you know, that internal clock. Yeah, like, and that's what I was trying to tell people, like, just give the Bama some time. Like, let him grow up because not only is he only in the second year, not only was this week only his third start, um, he's coming from a system that didn't really run the drop back passing like that. He's coming from a system where the plays were kind of built in for him to throw the ball. He's not used to reading the field like that. So he does need a little extra time right now to read the field. But as you notice, towards the end of the game, like he started to get the ball out quicker. He started to hit plays more. Um, pause for a second. Can I give another shout-out to my man, Eric B. Enemy? Like, don't sweat the technique, man. Eric B. is cooking right now. Absolutely. Like, straight up cooking. I'm trying to, I was trying to warn y'all last week, but I saw it with my own two eyes. I didn't even have to watch all 22, even though I did later in the week. But I saw it with my own two eyes. Players were open. The reason the offense didn't cook as well last week is because they just weren't as smooth and polished as they needed to be. But as the season progresses, you'll notice the offense get a little bit smoother. And you'll see more plays like we saw with McMoran. Um, and then Dawson might get an, um, get a little shine every now and then. So, yeah, like, be excited. Be happy for what um, for what happened today. Like, just enjoy the win because they, they are hard to come by, as you noticed, the last two weeks. Like, this team – and I, I was telling some um, – during the pregame show on Commanders of Classified, and I was talking to Eddie earlier, like the uglier the game, like truly the uglier the game, the more it favors Washington. The more it'll be like, it's like a dog fight. Like I was saying earlier, it's like a dog fight. The way, the more Washington can muck it up, the more they can make the game uglier, the more it favors them. It doesn't get any uglier, though, <laughs> more uglier down 21 to 3. That's not the type of ugliness I'm talking about. I'm talking about like games where you gotta run the ball, you gotta play hard, you gotta play defense. Yeah, I, I think you're certainly right. Uh, I think there was something to be said for like like we talked about, we were only down a score when it all came to halftime and we were playing terrible. So what does that tell you? You know, it like football is certainly a marathon game. Don't get me wrong. You have these teams uh, like the Chiefs uh, when they're fully healthy. Um, I'm trying to think of some other teams off the top of my head right now that can just uh, – the Eagles are another one that can just put up points in a variety of ways. And they can do it very quickly and explosively. Having said that, when you can kind of control the ball, especially on both sides, you know, if, if, if our defensive line can stay healthy, we can get some good coverage out of our secondary – we can have a certain level of control and almost use that as intimidation to affect the other team. And certainly if we're able to do the same on the offensive side, um, you know, with some good runs, some quick play actions, some, some quick screens, then all of a sudden we're going to probably be in most games, if not every game. Uh, the, the thing I really liked was you saw an effort to get Terry the ball in the second half. Um, that was definitely an adjustment because we didn't see Terry getting the ball uh, early on. And then I saw a really good screenplay from Gibson, 
And I felt like it was executed much better than we tried in week one. And just the fact that we were using him in that sense. And shout out to Gibbs, too. Uh, bouncing back, you know, he had the fumble. That's kind of been something he's dealt with on and off in his career. But to get that big first down late in the game, that was huge. Shout out to Gibson. Uh, you know, big win for the whole team. B-Rob, I mean, dog, two touchdowns, just making plays, bro. Uh, even made that good defensive play um, when it ended up, it was like a tip ball, then an interception, and he kind of just – tackle slash like arm drag the guy down if you will and and as he's doing that the ball came out making it just an incompletion oh uh, i mean I, I thought that was thomas that did that. oh was it oh my bad I, robinson was there somewhere i thought but all right well um also i'm quiet because i've been looking at my fantasy scores oh and boy don't get me started i'm on the fence man. i cook in a couple of leagues um but one of the leagues I cared about, I'm not doing too good. A lot of them don't listen to this podcast, so I can openly admit <laughs> that I think I might be, like, tanking the season. That is a dynasty league. And, like, and, Jed, if you're listening, I'm not talking about our league. Like, that team is just straight trash, bro. I'm, I'm trying. I'm not talking make, about our league, Jed. I ain't, I'm, I'm trying, bro. But it's just once Rodgers got injured, that kind of killed that team. And I know ain't nobody going to try to trade for a quarterback. So I'm trying, but it's not looking good right now. But nevertheless, we're good fantasy. Let's talk about um, some more commanders talk. Eddie had something that he was saying earlier in the game. And I would like to ask him how he feels about it now after seeing them play more in the second half. But and it, it was a good point. He says that Chase Young doesn't care enough about football. And I can understand why some might take offense to that. But the way I saw it, it's like he wants Chase Young to be more like John Allen and, like, live, eat, breathe, sleep football, and then everything else comes first. But I understand how um, Chase Young is perceived like, he even said it last year when he didn't come to minicamp. I got to make money. Like, I got to make some money or whatever. And then he missed, like, the first 13 games. Um, so, having said that, he kind of came alive in the second half. So, like, I'm just going to let Eddie speak on Chase Young for a few since he brought the topic up earlier. And, um, like, I'm not asking any questions. I just wanted to hear his thoughts on Chase Young. Well, it's, it's just kind of wanting him to care. I, I certainly understand the athlete looking out for oneself, um, especially when you look at the shelf life of your typical NFL player, and he's already had some issues coming in. Uh, but with a talent like his, I, I think it would be super infectious. And, and obviously, I mean, just blatantly to say effective, if he – it just doesn't seem like he cares. I, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, uh, the John Allen comp uh, that Mike used is definitely a good one and uh, kind of says a lot of what I'm trying to say. But you just you would like someone like that, someone who is just that talented and that much of a figure for that matter, uh, that much of a presence. If you if you were to see him kind of playing at the level of John Allen's playing from a effort and intensity standpoint, I, I think 
he individually would be completing, uh, competing, excuse me, for defensive player of the year regularly. Maybe not like, you know, the guy, but like one of three, something like that, because there's a lot of talented guys out there. So not trying to get carried away. Uh, and then, like I said, from a just like no duh Captain Obvious standpoint, if he's playing like that, and then you have Payne and Allen and Sweat, somebody's about to get home and, and, and eat regularly because Chase is that much of a monster. And I just feel like everybody wins when you do that. I understand it's a big ask and you know you risk injury, but you do that every time you suit up anyway. So if he's doing that, he gives himself the potential to earn a bigger contract. And then, yeah, I mean, I think we all understand how this works. If you're going to bat like that, you know, I understand different sport, but you get my analogy. If you're going to bat like that and your teammates see you rocking like that, they're going to rock with you. And then all of a sudden you, you've got this sort of approach and, and attitude towards the way you play that's infectious amongst your teammates. And again, someone of his draft stature – and the money he makes, that's what he should be attempting to do. Now, I understand he's still a little young, so maybe that part hasn't come around yet. But I just – I really feel like if he could just give us a little bit more I, – I, I don't know, like, like a little bit more of his soul. Sounds so evil when I say it like that. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, like come on, man. We need no, you. I get it. We need you. So I'm I'm just still reeling off of this one. Like there's so much to talk about, but at the end of the day, when you go to Denver, and I like I like y'all understand the game really could not have started off any worse than the way it started off. Like even before the game started, I saw sweat breathing heavy on the sideline. Chase Young had the um, mask up to his mouth uh, with the oxygen tank, and it was just a lot that didn't look right before the game started. And then to go down 21 to 3 on the road, they retire. I mean, they celebrate in John Elway's Super Bowl win um, from 1997, I think. And it's just a lot that went against the team. But this is why I'm not as down on Rivera as most fans are. Because I see that the team does indeed play harder than they played probably since I've been watching. Oh, no, I'll say since Gibbs. Like, I really feel I haven't felt this way about a Washington football team since Gibbs. Like, even when Shanahan was doing this thing and when Gruden. Um, went to the playoffs or whatever. Like, it just felt like we were playing with house money, so to speak. Like, nothing felt like it would be sustainable. But with this team now, with the Rivera, I do feel like, at the very least, he's building something that's sustainable. Now, I don't like the fact that the team keeps coming out flat. And that's something that they have to address, especially when you go, when you're playing two teams next week that, quite frankly, I'm expecting them to lose these games. Now, I know it's any given Sunday, yada, yada, yada. But Philly and Buffalo back-to-back, 
Like, I'm really expecting us to lose these two games. So that's why winning today's game was so important. Because instead of going one and one with those two games coming up, you may lose both of them. And then you're one and three about to host the Bears on Thursday night. But now at the worst, you're going to be two and two hosting a Chicago team that, quite frankly, I feel like you should be able to beat at home on the road, even on the Thursday night. Yeah, all fair points. I would say I think there's actually a decent shot. Uh, certainly, depending on on the growth we can achieve between now and uh, next Sunday, but I think there's a chance we could stun Buffalo. I think the Eagles would be pretty tough. I think they'll be still a little bit bitter about us getting that win and knocking them off uh, last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Undefeated and all that. Um, but Buffalo is, is susceptible, man. You know, Diggs is still kind of got his, uh, up and down thing. And, and, and it's, it's almost Antonio Brown, like, but too, obviously a much lesser level. I bring it up because maybe a year or two before Antonio Brown started really falling off. Um, actually, I think it was the first year where he started like throwing the Gatorade on the mm-hmm. sideline and stuff. I had him on my fantasy team, so I was paying a lot more attention. And I think it was the week after that, they decided to throw him the ball like 20 times. And he had like 150, 160 yards, but they lost the game. They played terrible. Ben focused on getting him the ball so much mm-hmm. that, you know, they were getting sacked a bunch. And so that's where I'm going. Diggs wants the ball so much. And I get it. He, he runs crisp routes. He, he's got great footwork. It's almost Chad Johnson-like. And, yeah, why wouldn't you want to get him the ball? But, like, Bro, I keep throwing you the ball. The defense is just gonna. Everybody's gonna go guard you, and like that kind of is the idea because now somebody else is open, and James Cook looked pretty good running the ball and catching the ball, so they need to utilize their offense. But I I think we could score on them the same way we were scoring on Denver. I think the key will really be wrapping up Josh Allen. I think that's gonna be the problem when he goes to run and everything else. I think that's what we really got to do. But, I I mean, I could see it, bro. I really could. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't – I don't expect us to get bullied or anything like when we played Buffalo the last time. And, of course, the last time we played the Eagles, we won. So, it's not like I'm going into the game, like, hoping we lose and expecting us to lose. Um, It's more like hoping we can win and just looking at the numbers and, you know – like, clearly, the Buffalo and Philly has had much more success than Washington the last few years. So until Washington can prove that they're, you know, not – until they can prove they can be, they can beat these teams consistently and not win the clutch game every once every year or whatever. Like, for example, in 2000, we beat the Steelers, but we lost to um, – the Saints, yeah. like the week before, 2021, we beat the Buccaneers, but got swept by the – no, we beat the Buccaneers, but lost to the Giants, um, like, a few weeks later or whatever. What and, about uh, – I think it was 2010. We beat the Giants twice. We beat them – I think it was Kerrigan's rookie year where mm-hmm. you had the – Yeah, the, the, the we were just talking so about we beat, that. we beat them then, but then we beat them the other uh, week. 
but we played pretty we had a pretty terrible season the giants won the super bowl right like, and we actually it's crazy i can't remember what the years were but that obviously gives a little credence to what it might be there was like a four or five year span maybe longer where during the regular season we beat the super bowl champs we beat the 99 ravens yeah at home we beat the patriots i think in 03 we beat them it was a missed field goal of all things that we beat them on. They missed the field goal. Um, the Giants I mentioned. Uh, I know there's some other teams out there. Uh, but either way, yeah. Like, it's crazy like that. And, you know, if you look at, you know, look at the Seahawks that year when they beat the uh, the Patriots. They went on a, a, a huge run. You know, they, they beat us and then they, they just kept – mounting and all it takes is a wild card game here or there i know it's more common in like say a baseball basketball or, or even hockey mm-hmm. but man it like you said worse comes to worse we're two and two against a beatable chicago team now hey like i said man ron rivera no pillows rip them all up we can't sleep can't sleep gotta stay woke Hopefully, like, and I don't understand. Football-wise, that is. Sorry, Mike. I don't understand with this team, like, why do they play to the level of their competition? Like, I don't expect them to play the way they play today versus Buffalo next week. But fast forward into October 5th, I don't expect them to play the same way they play versus Buffalo Versus the Bears, they're going to take their foot off the pedal. It feels like, like I just until they can show consistency and dominance, I, I will never trust this team. Like, like we we we've been talking about it all game, and yeah, it's their biggest comeback since. So you like that game, but um, I just feel like they. The way, like I said earlier, the way Rivera is coaching the team, I like it. But they just have to stop being so sloppy earlier in the games. Like, they just cannot do this. Even, and it seemed like it's a pattern with the regular season, too. Like, now, of course, this year they started all 2 and 0. But Rivera's first three seasons, they started off 1 and 1 because of sloppiness. Like, they just were extra sloppy in those second but actually both games so the sloppiness trend is still continuing they have to do better at playing cleaner games and if they play a clean game next week hosting buffalo they might get a w but until i see it i just don't expect it and uh, we'll talk about that game more next week but until then like i'm i'm happy you two i know um I predicted us to win by three. We won by two. We should have won by eight, but it is what it is, man. Yeah, we're very generous in that sense. But I I think what really needs to win you over is not just that, you know, level of being professional and and not coming out flat, but it's, uh, you know, you, you want them to be like McDonald's. It's consistent. That's, that's why they're, that's why they're everywhere because, Whatever it is that they make you like, you can't just get it in one place. You can go to any McDonald's and it typically is going to be the exact same way. And so that's kind of what we need out of our team. We need for them to play like those plays they made where, you know, Deron Payne killing it. And I understand, hey, look, 
these guys aren't machines, so I get it. But through the pursuit of perfection, that's where that greatness is achieved. If these guys keep pecking away at it, you're going to see some te- some some plays, some games even where they're going to wow you. And if they can do that consistently, well, that's really what makes them a pro. And furthermore, that's really what will put them in the best situation to have a winning season, to be a contender. I think the personnel is there. I just think time is what they need. Uh, as Brother Mike mentioned, you know, we, we got to let Sam cook. And in order to do that, he's going to take some bumps along the way. Uh, and it's not about the bumps he takes, but how he bounces back from them, which so far I've really liked what I've seen. So anyway, uh, you know, got to be patient with Sam. Got to really keep pushing positivity and, uh, you know, certainly hold these guys accountable. Like, hey, you know, those aren't, you know, commander style plays. We got to We got to fix that. But overall, we got to bring these young guys along, and I think there's a lot to build on. But I understand Mike's point, too. I do. So we're about to wrap up this episode. Got to take a hike up 95 North. Um, I think the traffic is okay now, so that's Yeah, cool. you should be good by now, man. <laughs> but um, before we head out and then I head out, uh, I just want to get one last take on this game, man. Like, I was talking to Nick earlier, and um, I'm happy that I have an offense that I can kind of trust right now. Like, when usually when we get these penalties, rather it's a um, false start, holding, legal procedure, whatever, those were drive killers for this team the last couple of years. But now, ooh, ooh. I'm sorry, we watching the Patriots Dolphins Sunday night game. Um, Douglas just got off. That's not Harry Douglas. I thought it was, but he very tight. No, no, he's a uh, he works for like uh, I think Fox or yeah CBS or something. Oh, that's a rookie Douglas. We got a new Douglas receiver in the NFL. So, um, and he looks shifty. So yeah, Patriots rocking those red throwbacks. They sure are. I don't mind them. I don't like the helmet. I completely lost my train of thought. Shout out to the ADHD, uh, but um, you're just saying you're glad you're having an offense. Yeah, the offense. You, you Thank can you, brother. On to a degree, at least so far, it would seem. Thank you so much, because that's the point I was trying to make. Hey, Thank you. you're welcome so much. You know what um, I'm saying? The enemy knows what he's doing. Enjoy him as much as y'all can, because he will not be in Washington next season. That man is getting a head coaching job for. Sure, I'm telling you for sure. The enemy will not be Washington's offensive coordinator next season. Now, I'll leave the door open. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Sack fins. <laughs> I'll leave the door open for him coming back as Washington's head coach. But I just, I don't know. Like I feel like as an owner, right? If I was, if I was Josh Harrison, them. I would not let the enemy leave my site. So like, what do you do? If if a if a team offer him a head coaching job for six million a season, I want you to stay my offensive coordinator for six point five million a season. Ooh, I might go a little bit more than that just to be safe. But uh or ask him what do you want? Like yeah. if it's reasonable, like if he say eight million a year would be a coordinator. So 
That's kind of more thinking games Game of Thrones here, but not so dark and evil. Uh, what if we somehow talk? You know, and, and depending on how the season goes, what if they have some kind of magical run? But uh, you know, maybe get Ron to step down as coach and be like a consultant, and let the enemy slide into an offensive coordinator position, and then I'm sure he'd be able to bring somebody uh, that he's familiar with or promote somebody within to be his coordinator. That's my dream. So, yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. Uh, I don't mean to sound so negative towards Ron, but I I think, I think Ron has, has been the best bridge possible from where we were to where we are now. When you think of the foundation that was laid, right? So it, it, I know it's kind of like, it's almost Mark Jackson like, right? It's like, hey man, you got these warriors good to go, but we got this Steve Kerr guy now. He's gonna take over from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm trying to keep a straight face when I say this, but I, I think we need to do something like that. Nah, you're I, like, you're you're <laughs> probably right. Like, I think I think that's what we need to do. You know, like give him some kind of severance package. I feel like we give made him a really this cool comparison. Leather, Letterman's jacket with his name on it and stuff. I and feel like we made this comparison off. before too earlier in the year. Probably. Like, I mean, not Probably. early in the year. Well, yeah, early in the off season or whatever. I mean, we're two young, successful guys. Like, we're capable of coming to that point. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. And I think that's it for today. Just a quick little post game show. Um, to throw out there for y'all to munch on this week. And, yep. um, yeah, we'll be back. I don't know when, but we'll be back for sure. Like, this show ain't going nowhere. Like, if you see us, don't post for a week or two. It's not because we ain't doing the show. It's just because stuff came up and we couldn't do it at the moment. But we still cooking. Just, you know, let's call this a transition season as well. Like, just like how we getting a little seasoning right now too, so just bear with us. But until then, we're gonna highlight y'all bamas next week. I know I be saying the same stuff every episode about letting us cook and being patient with us, but seriously, it's grind time for the both of us right now. Eddie with the new house, the new baby, me with the new job, trying to get my own house. Um, it's definitely grind season on Eddie and Mike, but we want to provide y'all as much as we can. In the meantime, like I said, catch me on um, Commanders of Classified. Shout out to L.E., Brian, and E. Big um, shout out. Big shout out. And always shout out to the Addicts. Um, shout out to all the content creators. Um, I really listen to everybody as much as I can. And I, like, no homo. Well, yeah, I mean that. Like in a plant in a platonic way, I truly do love all of y'all because y'all love the same team that I love. And if there's one thing we can come together on, it's um commander slash Redskins football. And like I really appreciate y'all. And I guess the win got me feeling kind of good too. So yeah, let's let's keep this thing rolling. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I've had my sunglasses and my hat off this entire thing since I'm talking to adults. Um, just want to put that out there. Adults and my nephew, Trey, who usually listens. Make shout sure you do your Trey. homework, Trey. Yeah, do your homework, boy. And shout out to everybody else, too, that um, that I think that listens. Um, 
Johnny. Yeah, Johnny's like, yeah, he's got the win over this week in fantasy. Uh, I can't stay. He's <laughs> such a goober. Yeah, I you. Shout out to Johnny. Shout yeah, out to yeah, um, yeah. Asterix. Already mentioned Jay. Shout out to Jesse, Ace, Andrew, Joe. Anybody else with the J name? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out to the whole Commanders gang. Uh, yeah, I'll let y'all down this next week. Be easy. <laughs>